You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing, discussing, discussing a variety of topics. We're going to be talking about Thierry Henry's comments with regards to Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal legend, taking the opportunity at an Amazon Prime event to make it clear that he's unsure if Arsenal are moving in the right direction under the Spaniard. We're going to be talking about why it is that our players seem to go on international duty and find the goal-scoring touch. Uh, we're also going to touch uh, on a couple of other bits and pieces, as well as taking your questions and thoughts from the comments section. And I can see that the comments section is already popping off with regards to these comments made by Thierry Henry. So, let me share with you exactly what Thierry Henry said. Let's get into that first. Let's clarify what was said for those of you that maybe haven't had the opportunity at the time of listening to read what he said or, or watch the clip back. Uh, this is what Thierry Henry had to say. So, as I said, speaking at an Amazon Prime event, his qu quotes were as follows. I don't know if things are going in the right direction. I watched the Brighton game. Did you watch it? I've seen us beating Norwich before, winning at Burnley, beating Tottenham at home because we always beat Tottenham at home. I was more than happy when we beat Tottenham as we were on a good run, but I was waiting to see a performance away from home against a team that passes the ball and instead we suffered. I was waiting to see the Brighton game to see if we could have the ball and keep the ball away from home, retaining possession against a dangerous Brighton side. When we used to lose, even after I left the team, it was always said that Arsenal don't have a plan B and that they pass too much for the sake of passing. But I didn't see that from Arsenal in the Brighton match. I saw Brighton do that. So Thierry Henry, obviously making the point that in his opinion, Arsenal don't seem to be as dominant anymore in terms of possession as they used to be. And look, listen, I love Thierry Henry. I adore Thierry Henry. He's my favourite ever Arsenal player. I've got a massive mosaic of Thierry Henry, which I'll show you guys one day on this wall here. Um, he is my absolute hero. And I don't think that there has been a better player to ever wear the Arsenal shirt than Thierry Henry. I think at one point he was the best player in the world. And it's very, you know, if you think back through Arsenal history, of course, there have been some fantastic players. But I don't think you can hand on your heart say that anybody else that's worn an Arsenal shirt at one point or another was literally the best player in the world. And I thought that Thierry Henry for a couple of seasons certainly was. So my love for the guy is is unreal. My respect for him is, is of course, right up here. Got huge admiration for everything he achieved as a footballer. But there are certain elements to this that I slightly disagree with. Then we'll come on to talk about what it is. I think that he's maybe... Um, look, we'll talk about what I think he's maybe slightly got wrong 
Uh, and of course, that's my personal opinion. You are entitled to disagree with me as I am in some ways, not all the ways, disagreeing with Mr. Omri. Uh, but look, first of all, let's talk about what these comments do. And, and the, the bottom line here is that when ex-players come out and speak about the club and have negative things to say, the first thing you've got to ask yourself is why? What do they stand to benefit from it? What do what does it do in terms of the, the the mood around the football club? So in terms of the mood, I think it has a massive impact because I think there are people like me who grew up on Thierry Henry, who adore Thierry Henry, who feel that Thierry Henry's opinion carries more weight than that of, let's say, for argument's sake, Graham Souness, who was an incredibly good footballer, won a lot of great things during his time at Liverpool, et cetera, et cetera. But when it's someone who knows, who feels, who understands the football club, as fans, we feel like we need to give further credence or further weight to their particular viewpoint and their particular comments. And I always say that I think if you're a, a, an ex-player and you're going to come out and you're going to talk about the club and you're going to say that you don't feel things are moving in the right direction, I think you've got to be careful at how you put this across. And I'm not sure that Thierry Henry has 100% put this across in the wrong way. Now, am I saying that every single word Thierry Henry said was wrong? No, I'm not. But the the bit that kind of jumps out to me and the bit that stands out to me is when he said, when we used to lose, even after I left the team, it was always said that Arsenal don't have a plan B and that they passed too much for the sake of passing. But I didn't see that from Arsenal in the Brighton match. I saw Brighton do that. So if that was a criticism of Arsenal, that they passed the ball too much, that they passed the ball aimlessly, or that they passed the ball too often without really penetrating their opponent, if that was a criticism of Arsenal, why is it a problem that we're not doing it now? That would be my first question. That's the first thing when I read those comments that jumped out to me. If you are saying that Arsenal were constantly criticised for passing the ball around, as Thierry Henry put it, for the sake of it, without being able to penetrate opponents and, and basically doing it for nothing, then why now are we looking at that way, where, which clearly didn't work because we constantly got criticised for it, and saying, we're not doing that now. But at the time, we didn't want to be doing that. We didn't want to see us doing that. And what I would argue... And as much as people don't like Mikel Arteta and don't feel that he's the right man for the job and are unsure about the direction in which we're traveling at the moment, and all of that is valid, by the way, what I would say is one of the reasons we have been at times more defensively sound, more defensively solid is because we have not had all of the ball because we've not been so brave in our in our positioning, because we've been more rigid in our shape, those things have contributed to us, in my opinion, getting a result at Brighton, rather than being the reason we didn't. I think when Arsenal have the ball and, you know, we're in the attacking third and there's a lack of spark and there's a lack of creativity, that is a valid criticism that you can put in the direction of the players, but of course, towards Mikel Arteta as well, because he's not finding a way... Um, you know, in terms of he's not finding a way of getting the maximum out of our attacking players at the moment. We can all agree on that. But for me, one of the reasons why Mikel Arteta's Arsenal a little bit more 
sturdy defensively, at least when people are available, when our first choice defense is available and have been more sturdy in recent weeks, is because we have, in my opinion, been less brave in possession, been more rigid in our positioning and been more strict around the way that we, um, you know, get back into shape when we lose the ball. So for me, actually what Thierry's highlighting there, I'm not really sure that that's a criticism. I know he's trying to compare the two different styles of play. There is no comparison. They're completely different. Arsene Wenger's Arsenal played in one way. Mikel Arteta's played in another, play in another. Unai Emery's played in another. And that's just the style of the manager and what the manager's putting across coming through on the football pitch. So I don't really think that Thierry Omri's out of order in these comments. Like that, That's not what I'm saying. Please don't take it that way. But I don't think they're... You know, sometimes you hear comments and you go, yeah, there's an element of truth to that. I, I understand some of that. And other times you listen to something and you go, he has absolutely 100% hit the nail on the head. And I don't think that he's done that here. You know, it's not me defending Arteta. It's not me wanting to have a go at Thierry Henry. I just, when I read this comment or these comments back, and I've done it a few times, I, I just don't think he has at any point hit the nail on the head. I think there's an element of truth to some of the points he makes. But, you know, for me, you know, like things like this, you know, I've seen us beating Norwich before, winning at Burnley, beating Tottenham at home because we always beat Tottenham at home. He's saying that to score points with the fans, okay? You know, we know that Arsenal have a very good home record against Spurs. We know that Thierry Henry was a, a key part in that when he was at the club, et cetera, et cetera. But that is literally point scoring, isn't it? Because it's not a serious comment. Like, yes, the stats and the facts back it up, but it is one of those things that you're saying... Um, you know, you're saying because you know it's going to trigger a positive reaction from the Arsenal fan base. So I don't really read into that too much. He says, um, he says, I was waiting. Uh, where is it? I was more than happy when we beat Tottenham as we were on a good run, but I was waiting to see a performance away from home against a team that passes the ball. And look, we all agreed. We watched it, didn't we? We all watched it. We all did the, we all spoke after the game on the post-match reaction stuff. We did the tactical analysis bit afterwards as well. We all agreed that the performance at Brighton wasn't good enough. But this is where, again, the expectations of what Arsenal are capable of in comparison to their peers in the Premier League right now need recalibrating, need readjusting. Uh, because this is not the Arsenal that Thierry Henry played for. In fact, this is a shadow of the Arsenal that Thierry Henry played for. This is even a shadow of the teams that came after Thierry Henry. So to make that comparison all the time just feels a little bit like, well, there is no comparison. So if you keep making it, you're going to keep getting pissed off and you're going to keep saying that these lads are falling short because the comparison is, is to me, an unfair one. You know, so that's that's where I'm coming from on this. I think some of the points that he makes are valid. I think that the performances at times, despite the results, haven't always been inspiring. I think the Spurs performance was so much better than all the others. Um, how much of that was down to Spurs being poor? We discussed that, didn't we, off the back of that fixture. But for me, there is an element of truth to what Thierry Henry says in some aspects, but I'm not sure that he's hit the nail on the head like some of you are suggesting in the chat box, are suggesting in the comments, because he did, um, as I say, I, I think there were a couple of bits that were just a little bit off the mark. 
in my personal opinion, and it is my personal opinion, and there'll be some of you out there that completely disagree. And that is why I'm going to come over to the chat box now and take some of your thoughts. I said before I do that, I, I did briefly say that you got to think about why guys are making these comments, why ex-pros are making these comments. Part of being in the media, part of your role is to comment on things. So I'm not saying that they shouldn't be commenting full stop. But remember as well, and I'm look, I'm not saying this is solely what Thierry Henry's comments are driven by, but I would urge you to remember that Thierry Henry is part of Daniel X consortium that are hoping to buy the club, that are hoping to take control. One of the reasons Thierry Henry, Dennis Burkamp, Patrick Vieira and Daniel Ek got so much publicity recently when they were talking about making a bid for the football club was because as Arsenal fans, we felt that the club were moving in the wrong direction. And so again, I'll repeat the point and I'll say it very, very carefully. Although I don't think Thierry Henry's intention is bad, you have to remember that he is part of a consortium that are wanting to take over the club. Therefore, if he comes out and says, actually, the club are moving in the right direction, whether that's due to Mikel Arteta, whether that's due to uh, Stan Kroenke, then he's essentially saying that things are going right. So why would we need to take over the club? The point I'm trying to make is that the two, the two things, it, it's a conflict of interest. Okay, it's a conflict of interest. Thierry Henry can't possibly say, even if he feels that way, that Arsenal are moving in the right direction because he's part of a consortium that are basing their, that are kind of fueling the kind of public opinion of them based on the fact that people are pissed off that the club's not moving in the right direction. So you can't be on one end and on the other. So even if Arsenal were improving is what I'm trying to say, Thierry Henry coming out and saying that would actually probably do him and Daniel Ek and that whole group and that consortium and the fan opinion and the fan desire to have them come in. I think that that would, you know, that would negatively impact that because while the team are going well, nobody cares about the ownership. That's that's the way it goes, right? Mike Ashley, Newcastle fans jumping up and down celebrating because he's gone. But if Newcastle were competing in the upper echelons of the Premier League, would anybody have given a shit about Mike Ashley? So this is where I'm at on this. I think that Thierry Henry makes some good points. I think some of the points are a little bit wide off the mark. I think the constant comparison between Arsene Wenger's Arsenal, especially just after Thierry Henry left, uh, to Mikel Arteta's Arsenal right now are unfair. And therefore, you're always going to say that, you know, the, the disparity is huge between the, the, the class of the two sides. I just think for me, I'm not saying that he's doing it because he's trying to, you know, he's trying too hard to kind of push that narrative uh, about the club going in the wrong direction. But just remember what Thierry Henry is a part of now. And I, like everybody else, would love to see them take charge. But just remember that Thierry Henry is not going to come out and say that things are going well, even if they are, because it does damage to the appeal of Daniel Ek. If the Cronkies are taking the club in the right direction, which remains to be seen, they haven't so far, but if they do, you know, then we're going to see a positive kind of uplift in the opinion of them. But that doesn't work in Thierry Henry and Daniel X's favour. Remember that. So I'm, I'm not saying that you should 
you know, not take any notice of Thierry Henry. I'm not saying that you should definitely take notice of everything that Thierry Henry says. What I'm saying is just consider that. Have that bubbling in the back of your mind when you read into his comments. Let's see uh, what some of you guys are saying in the chat. Let's uh, address this super chat first uh, from Wenger's house. Love that. He says that Omri is slightly upset that his managerial career has less promise than Arteta's. He belongs in a takeover plan, not pitch side. Interesting, because I didn't even mention Thierry Omri's managerial career, which I think is a car crash, by the way. But the, the reason I didn't is because I don't want people to kind of say that, you know, well, you're discrediting Thierry Henry, an Arsenal legend, and his opinion is, you're saying his opinion is nonsense just because he, um, you know, he wasn't a successful manager. Look, I don't think you necessarily have to be a successful manager to have a valid opinion. But I do think that when you have had a poor managerial career, the way Thierry Henry has, then your opinion loses a bit of weight. You know, obviously it has some weight being an Arsenal legend, but it would be stronger, wouldn't it? And and I would certainly take more notice of it if he had gone out and proven himself as a manager. I think it's very easy to sit and throw kind of stones at somebody who's doing a job that you proved you couldn't do. So, yeah, you know, I just think that you need to take comments like this, interviews like this with a pinch of salt for all of the reasons that I've explained in the first 15, 16 minutes of this podcast. Right, let's go over to the uh, chat box. Let's see uh, what some of you guys uh, are saying. Um, Junior Gunner says, <laughs> and, and this is in response to Guresh's comment, who says, what has Henri won as a manager? At least Arteta has won the FA Cup. Uh, Junior Gunner says, asking one of the most influential members in the club's history to mind his own business is blasphemy and idiocy. Um, let's see what else we've got. Omar says Omri is right. People are just getting caught in their feelings. Uh, Inter says, I think Omri was spot on, if I'm honest, Harry. Uh, big hello to Snipe Dot. Big hello to Fala as well. Uh, Don Saki says, I totally agree with Omri. Michelle says, I agree 100% with Omri. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Nico Guna says, Omri's just jealous. He never made it as a manager. Bet he wouldn't get the 60 points that Arteta got last season. Sour grapes. Uh, let's see what else we've got, because there is plenty of comments coming through. Uh, Halo Mateus says, nobody, nobody is too big to fall. Look at Barcelona right now as an example. Thierry Omri is not more of a Nostradamus than anybody else. Who knows what the future will show? Uh, P says, you were in love with Omri, but now you're in love with Arteta, apparently. Um, Moving on. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Wenger's house also says patience will pay off in terms of our defence, but we definitely need to score more goals. Agree. Uh, Ekene, in response to me picking out that comment about Arsenal you previously passing the ball too much, now they don't pass it enough. Uh, Ekene says, Harry, in Omri's defence, it was a comparison statement. What he meant is between two bad things, one is better and he can't see that. But is one better when it's two bad things? I don't know. Uh, Michelle says, uh, let's hear if Harry knows more than Henri. Uh, never said that I did and uh, never will. But anyway, uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Pratyush says six points off the top four doesn't help when the margins are so close. Leicester Spurs, West Ham all finished above us. So they were closer to the, they were close to the top four too. Um 
let's keep going through uh, the comments. Uh, Darren Sullivan says, uh, Henri in now. Um, Mile High Guna pointing out that Thierry Henri does have an awful coaching record, uh, which is facts. Uh, Adam Chisholm says, Harry, I see where you're coming from with regards to me saying that I think there might be a little bit of a conflict of interest in Thierry Henry's words. He says, I don't think there's been enough progress under Arteta. I do think we need new ownership. And this is part of the consortium being in the public eye. Look, I agree that we need new ownership. Okay, you know, I absolutely 100% agree with that. We need ownership that are more ambitious. We need ownership that are not just going to be passive like the Cronkies have, because had we had passive owners, certain managers at our football club wouldn't have been there as long as they had been there. Certain managers wouldn't have been appointed full stop and we would be in a stronger position. You know, if a, if we had an owner that A, was a little bit more clued up and B, took a bigger interest in what we're doing. When you, when you, look, the point I'm making about the conflict here is if you are trying to buy a football club, you are trying to acquire something, okay? If you say that Arsenal are moving in the right direction, whether you think they are or not, you are essentially making it more difficult for yourself to get hold of that football club. KSE will look at the situation and say, no, you know, we're not going to sell for cheap because the club are moving in the right direction. We can see progress on and off the field. Therefore, the value of the club is not decreasing. We shouldn't be entertaining derogatory offers. We should be asking for more because the value is increasing because we are moving in the right direction. So can you not see why Thierry Henry, even if he thought that, being part of Daniel X consortium cannot say that. He cannot say that. And I'm not saying that these comments are completely fueled by that. And I'm not saying it's a complete kind of PR stunt. But Thierry Henry criticising the club fits, helps in terms of what it is that he, along with Daniel Ek, who he was in the box with at the North London derby, are trying to achieve. That's all I'm saying. You have to consider the position from which Thierry Henry is making these comments. You have to. If you're not, you're not judging the situation fairly. Let's see uh, what else we've got here. Uh, Mile High Guna don't, says, don't have to agree with everything Omri says to appreciate everything he has done for the club. He is 100% a legend. Absolutely. You don't have to agree with everything somebody says to uh, appreciate what they've done as a player. I mean, I can think of loads of ex-Arsenal players. Martin Keown. I don't always agree with the stuff Martin Keown says, but I loved him when he wore an Arsenal shirt. I think Tony Adams, our greatest ever defender, sometimes says some wacky stuff but you respect them for what they did on the pitch. There are lots of ex-players who I feel that way about, but I still respect them equally, though, as Mile High Guna points out. doesn't mean I have to agree with every single comment, word for word, that they say just because of what they achieved on the pitch, because they're not on the pitch anymore. They're doing a very, very different job. And being a pundit and being an analyst and being somebody who commentates on something is very, very different to being there in the middle of it. And I think you have to look at everything with context and with a fair pair of eyes. And that is why I am saying here that although I think there is some truth in some of the things that Thierry Henry has said, I do think there is some stuff that is, in my opinion, clearly wide of the mark. And I also would be not doing my, I, I wouldn't be doing my job properly if I ignored 
the position from which Thierry Henry is making these comments and the agenda going on in the background um, or, or the the kind of the hopes that he and Daniel Ek and the consortium have in the background and the influence and impact that they have on what's going on or, or, or what he's saying. So even if you don't mean it subconsciously, you're going to make comments that help your cause, not comments that are detrimental to it. And I think people should um, should uh, at least consider that when assessing these comments. So there we are. I guess that pretty much rounds up the Thierry Henry debate. It's a good debate. And I think, as I say, you know, there are parts of it that, you know, are probably spot on in terms of what he said. I think there are other parts that are not, that are just a little bit wider the mark for me. Um, and, and I want to take into consideration the things that are going on in the background, because I do think even if subconsciously they have an impact on, even if subconsciously they have an impact on what it is he's saying. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Akene, just to finish off on this, because this is a good comment. He says, if Ian Wright had said this, would you disagree? Omri speaking from the point of a fan. It is so cheeky to accuse him of a conflict of interest. But he's not a fan, is he? He's someone that wants to be part of a consortium that's going to buy the football club. That's not a fan. Akene, a fan is me or you who has no skin in the game. That's what a fan is. The minute you get involved in the ownership of a football club, you are not a fan anymore. It's as simple as that. And had Ian Wright said it, I'd say the same thing, except for that the conflict might be there because Ian Wright is not trying to be part of a group that are buying the football club. So it's impossible to make that comparison because I'm not saying that, you know, Thierry Henry is, is spouting complete and utter shit and nonsense. I just don't agree with every element of it. And I do think that it's wrong, fundamentally wrong, or naive to completely dismiss the fact that he has skin in the game. That's how I see it. Um, Archangel says, you're incapable of viewing Arteta with a fair pair of eyes now, Harry. You've painted yourself into a corner with him. Absolutely not true, because I'm not even talking about Mikel Arteta here. I'm talking about some comments that Thierry Henry made and the fact that I feel it's impossible to disregard his current place or, or current aspirations along with Daniel Ek when assessing these comments fairly. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about some of our players on international duty, uh, because for some reason, they all seem to find the goal scoring touch when they go away. Uh, but of course, um, it doesn't seem to translate in, in when they're playing for Arsenal. Thomas Partey being the one that I'm really kind of wanting to make a point about. Scored two goals on international duty with Ghana. And you do feel like his Arsenal goal is going to come sooner rather than later. He's getting a little bit more uh, further forward. I think he's become a lot more desperate to get that goal because you're seeing him take pot shots from all over the pitch, etc., etc. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I think that it will come. I hope it will come. And hopefully the goals on international duty, not just for Thomas Partey, but for Emil Smith-Rowe as well, who scored his first goal for the under-21s, will breed the kind of confidence that that is necessary in order for those players to up their outputs. Look, I was going to veer away from the Thierry Henry stuff, but the comments section is popping off. So we've got to. We've got to go back to it. Sorry if you don't want to hear any more about it, but we've got to go back to it. We've got to take some of your thoughts. We've got to take some of uh, some of your comments. 
let's see. Uh, Steve Stone says, fascinating comments in the chat. Lots of passion and lots of opinion from both sides. Absolutely. And that's why I love uh, doing these shows live so that we can have these discussions and these back and forwards. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got here. Um, uh, I'm not going to get too much into the Arteta stuff because we've had those debates over and over again. But Clucking Bell says, <laughs> Clucking Bell, uh, F me, Thierry's not a fan, you know F all. I never said that Thierry Omri is not an Arsenal fan as such. The, the point is that the minute you are part of the ownership of a football club, are you just a fan anymore? Are you just a fan? No, you're not. Mike Ashley was just the Newcastle fan before he took over the club. When he first ended up getting there, um, when he first ended up taking control, if you remember, Mike Ashley, do you remember him? Was uh, standing in the away ends with the Newcastle United fans, throwing beers up in the air with his top off. That's what Mike Ashley was doing because everybody said, Mike Ashley is a fan. Everybody was delighted when he took over. Mike Ashley is a Newcastle fan. And what happened? What happened down the line? Mike Ashley's interests business interests led to him no longer being able to be just a fan because you can't, it is impossible. You cannot own a football club, the size of Arsenal or be part of the ownership and be just a fan. Because if you took the decisions that just a fan would make, the club in a lot of cases would, would fail because we as fans we we have that love and admiration for the club, but we can't separate that from what is right from, let's say, for example, a business perspective. So there comes a point where once you get that deep and you become a part of a group that owns the football club and you have whatever role it is that Thierry Henry is expected to have if Daniel Ek manages to take over the football club, there is no way he can operate any longer as just the fan. It's as simple as that. Instead of Edu sitting there giving you PR bullshit, as a lot of you call it, about transfer windows and about the club's future aspirations. That would just be Thierry Henry doing that. Because that's what the role entails. That's part of being uh, very high up in a big corporate organisation. You're no longer just a fan. And I don't get why people find it so difficult to, to kind of comprehend that or to understand that. Uh, Fatality says, uh, of course he's a fan. Come on, Harry, shaking my head. You can be a fan while working for or wanting to work for the club. You can be a fan to a degree, but you can't be just a fan. It's impossible. It is, honestly, it is impossible. It is impossible. Um, let's see what else we've got. A uh, big hello to jo Jason, uh, who says, greetings from Rayong in Thailand. Arteta out. All us Thailand gooners are similarly minded. Uh, good stuff. Uh, big shout out to everybody joining us um, from that part of the world. Uh, Darren Sullivan says, Henri at least had the guts to be Arteta out. It's not about having guts, mate. Having a different opinion is not, uh, you know, it doesn't replicate how much guts you've got. You know, it's, it's, that's just such a simplistic way of looking at it. Um, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> It doesn't reflect on whether Thierry Henry has guts or not. As I said before, earlier on in the show, if Thierry Henry says that the right man is in charge and that the club are moving forward, then how is he supposed to galvanise the fan base to push for change in terms of the ownership? 
if he's telling them that everything is hunky-dory and that we're moving in the right direction, surely that damages his chances, along with Daniel Ek, of getting that deal over the line. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Um, you know, a lot of people agree with a lot of the stuff that Thierry Omri said, and that's absolutely fine. All I'm saying is, if you cannot, cannot see that there is at least, at the very least, the potential of a conflict of interest here when Thierry Henry talks about the direction of travel in which the club is headed, given his connections to Daniel Ek, you are not assessing the situation fairly. And I stand by that. I really do. Because you can't assess the situation fairly if you don't at least take that into consideration. So that's where I am on it. Uh, there's a few of the, you that agree with me in the comments. There's a lot of you that disagree, as always, which is absolutely fine. But I think it's a good debate. I think it's a good discussion. Um, and look, as I say, there, you know, some really good points made by lots of you in the chat. Some really good points um, made by, uh, you know, those on both sides of the argument. And some good points made by Thierry Henry. But I just don't think that he's hit the nail on the head, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, big hello to Jeff Chang, who says, big up Harry from Korea. Even though Omri is right, I don't think his help, his comments help the club during their troubles. We need advice, not critics anymore. Yeah, look, it's so easy to be a critic without offering up solutions. And I think it's important that people who supposedly do know more uh, do offer up solutions <laughs> then rather than just sit and criticise. You know, anybody can criticise, but what's the answer? That's the big thing, isn't it? Um, Don Saki says, so fans who have stakes in the club, they are no more, they are no longer fans, right? Let me flip this back on, on some of you guys. Okay. Because one of the things that, um, I've been told over the last couple of years is that I can no longer be just a fan because my job is based on me covering the Arsenal. I get told that all the time. There are people in this very chat box, I'm looking at your names right now, that have said that to me, that have said, because I now have a job that is around covering the Arsenal, I am no longer able to speak as a fan. I don't think that's true. Okay. I, I think that I now have a responsibility to be more considered in the way I put my points across. I think I now have a greater responsibility to make sure that when I pass judgment on a situation that I do more homework on it, that I look into it that little bit deeper and that I consider the opposite point of view so that I can make the best formed argument that I possibly can. I think I have a responsibility to do that, but it doesn't mean I have to agree with everything the club does or agree with everything that comes out of the club in terms of PR, et cetera, et cetera. So on the one hand, the point I'm trying to make is on the one hand, you guys are telling me, a lot of you guys tell me quite regularly that there's no way that I could still be acting like an Arsenal fan week in, week out because of my job. But then you're telling me by the same token that Thierry Henry wants to be part of a group that are going to buy the football club or want to buy the football club, I don't think they stand a chance, but want to buy the football club, are capable of saying what they want, doing what they want, and being completely fan-focused. There's a bit of a hypocrisy there. There really is. 
Anyway, um, let's uh, let's move on. Let's take some of your questions on anything, anything you like. You, if you want to stick on the Thierry Henry subject and, and the fan thing, get involved. If you want to change it up, change it up. Get into the comments. Let me know uh, what it is you want to talk about for the last sort of uh, eight, nine minutes of the show. If you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button. It really, really helps the channel, helps get the video out to as many people as possible. Um, so please do hit the like button. It doesn't cost a thing. It's really easy uh, and it really helps me a lot. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're edging really slowly towards 17,000. It's really slowed down um, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know it's the international break, et cetera, et cetera. So please uh, do subscribe to the channel if you're new. Let's try and get back on track in terms of the growth. And I would really, really appreciate it. Right. Let's take some of your questions and some of your thoughts. Uh, Said Hussein uh, says, what's one team in Serie A that you really admire? Currently, um, I really admire AC Milan. I love the way that they're building this new uh, kind of project with a mixture of youth and, and experienced players. Uh, so AC Milan has always been the club in Italy that I've got a little bit of a soft spot for. Uh, so yeah, I'd have to say them. Good question. This is a nice one from Inter who says, um, how's your daughter, mate? Um, she's good, man. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate you asking. Yeah, she's good keeping us up at night, but it is what it is. Um, we move, we move just on a little bit less sleep and a little bit more coffee, but it is what it is. Uh, Creambone says, Harry, who's your favorite famous Arsenal fan? Wow. Um, it's a tough question. Famous Arsenal fan. I don't know. Um, let me think about this one and come back to you. Cause I, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, PA double P says, who do you think will get a start of all the players? that did not play internationally? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, another really good question. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ainsley Maitland-Niles comes into the midfield. Um, I, I don't think the Lokonga thing really worked at Brighton. I talked about it on the tactical analysis show. Not to say he's a bad player or anything like that. Um, but I just, I, I just didn't feel it worked. And I think that Mikel Arteta will probably tinker around in that area of the pitch in order to try and accommodate the absence of Granit Xhaka as best as possible. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Maitland-Niles got a look in um, when, we, uh, when we take on Crystal Palace on Monday. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. <laughs> Sam says, have you ever seen a seagull sat in a tree? Don't think I have. Should I have? I've never really paid that much notice. <laughs> uh, Willow Mofire says Highbury or Emirates Stadium. Look, the Emirates Stadium is a fantastic arena. It really is. But until Arsenal get to the point where they are, um, you know, where they are winning the game's biggest titles and they're at least competing for the game's biggest titles, it will never have the history and the feeling that Highbury did. I, I absolutely adored Highbury, but there are benefits to the Emirates Stadium, right? More of us can go. It's been a lot easier to get tickets since we moved to the Emirates Stadium, which is obviously a positive for those that wish to attend matches. Look, the Emirates Stadium is a fantastic ground and it, it's, it does feel like home. I'm not going to say it doesn't feel like home. We've been there long enough for it to, to feel like home. But will it always be our, will it be our, become, will it be, will it always be, will it become our favourite Arsenal home? I don't think it can until we are playing 
football at a much bigger and higher level. Let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, Adam Chisholm says, um, what's your favourite Arsenal memory? For me, it's my first ever game. Uh, Arsenal, Borussia Mönchengladbach back in 1996. We lost 3-2, but it was my favourite. It's my favourite Arsenal memory because it's my first proper Arsenal memory. And um, yeah, it's one that I'd always hold dear. Uh, Deep says, since Stan is never going to spend heavily, do you think we should go for a big manager instead? Someone like Enrique. Someone like Enrique is is notoriously very, very good at bringing young players through. You just need to look at that Spain side and see how many young talents he's blooded through and given opportunities to. If this is the kind of approach that Arsenal are going down, which we think it is, then, you know, somebody like that feels like a really, really good fit. Um, let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, I'll take this one. And then I think one more. Uh, Falasana says, do you think Martinelli will thrive under Mikel Arteta? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's he's really struggling at the moment. But I've seen a couple of videos over the last few days, or, or I haven't watched the videos, but I've seen headlines of like Mikel Arteta is ruining Gabriel Martinelli. I don't think Mikel Arteta has been great for, for Gabriel Martinelli, if we're being completely honest. I don't think he's placed as much faith in him as Unai Emery did. Um, I don't think he'll ever place as much faith in him as Unai Emery did until he proves that he deserves it, until he proves that he should be in the team week, week in, week out, until he raises that level of performance when the opportunities come along so much that, that Mikel Arteta can no longer block out the noise. But what I would say, and we did a show about it a few weeks ago, is that Martinelli, for me, hasn't lived up to that level. He hasn't produced to that standard whereby you have no choice as a manager, but to just, you know, to include him. So I think that he's got a lot to do as well. And and Gabriel Martinelli obviously re recovered from that injury last season, was still finding his feet last campaign. It's a really important one for him this season. And I've said it before, if a, a good option for a loan was to come up for Mac Martinelli, I'd probably let him go because I think he needs the football. I really do. Um, I, I really do. But, it's, it's hard for me, and, and I know a lot of people will say again that I'm protecting Arteta because a lot of you like to do that, but I, I do feel like it's kind of six of one and half a dozen of the other in this situation. I do think that Mikel Arteta should have last season given Gabriel Martinelli more opportunities at certain points. But equally, I think when Martinelli got some of those opportunities and has had some of those opportunities at the start of this season, he hasn't done enough that says... Yes, you need to be starting every week. And you're so good that I can no longer ignore you. I talked about it yesterday, so I don't want to go over the same kind of points. But answer me this in the chat. If you're going to leave, uh, sorry, if you're going to bring Gabriel Martinelli into the starting lineup, you have to drop one of Smithrow, Saka or Pepe. You know, and, and Mikel can't even get those three in the team. It's been Saka and Smithrow. So, would you put Gabriel Martinelli ahead of Nicola Pepe based on their outputs? I wouldn't. And that's that, that that's the honest answer. I think it's a it's a great um point that Fatality makes in the chat where he says the fact we're not in Europe doesn't help either. That massively causes us a problem. And it's why it's so important that a club like Arsenal are in Europe because players in Gabriel Martinelli's situation, when are they going to play? When are they going to get those opportunities? They're going to, there's six group games that he would have had to prove himself. There's the knockout ties as well. 
So you're probably looking at, if you go to the latter stages of the competition, which we normally do in the Europa, you're probably looking at at least 10, maybe even 12 opportunities for Gabriel Martinelli to start games and prove himself. And the same can be said about Bern Leno now, who is obviously not happy being the number two, but anybody that's the number two at Arsenal now doesn't have those additional 10 to 12 games in which to play, in from which you can kind of keep them sweet. It's the same for Maitland-Niles. It's the same for anybody kind of on the peripheries and on the fringes of what we're doing. So the, the lack of Europe is a massive, massive point. And it's why it's so important, or one of the reasons, aside from the financial obvious reasons, why for me it's important that, um, you know, Arsenal get back into Europe as soon as possible. Right, I am going to leave it there uh, because I am late for something, but uh, it's been great chatting with you all as always, uh, even if we don't agree on every single matter. It's always great to have that debate, uh, always great to have that discussion. And, and if you uh, have an opposite viewpoint, then I'd take it from me. I respect your viewpoint, but I respectfully disagree. Uh, I'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal related content. We'll be back tomorrow. And we're going to be uh, bringing you a couple of shows tomorrow. We're going to be talking uh, about the Crystal Palace game. We're going to be building up to that with Harvey Jones, Crystal Palace man. And we're also going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's pre-match press conference. He is due to face the media on Thursday ahead of Arsenal's uh, game against Crystal Palace. So we'll be talking about that as well and any updates, uh, providing you any updates and discussing anything that he... Uh, or anything interesting that he says when faced with the media. So make sure, if you haven't done so already, you've hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're listening via the audio, please do leave us a review. It's all very much appreciated. I'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, take care of yourselves and uh, stay safe. All the best. Goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.